If you've been told to pull up your socks, then make sure it's a pair of TNT socks. The TNT shop is now open at tntradio.live. Pour yourself a drink and grab some nibbles. Hey! Uh, Ow. I said nibbles, not nipples. What the heck's wrong with you? You're with Abby Roberts on today's News Talk TNT. Well, hello, I'm Abby Roberts, and this is the Abby Roberts Show here on today's News Talk TNT. Nibbles, I said nipples. TNT, they love me, they know me so well. It's great to be here alive. It's a Tuesday, everybody, a Tuesday. How's everybody doing? Um, it's very early uh, to <laughs> to be doing this to a camera. Uh, I tried to get, I'll tell you what, red lipstick. Guys, ladies, especially ladies. No, not 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 the guys. Um, this honestly, red lipstick. It just doesn't matter how shit you look. Just stick some bloody red lipstick on, and you can look like me, darling. It's amazing. It's a miracle. Um, so, hope everyone's doing okay. And welcome again to the Abby Roberts Show. If you want to speak to me, uh, you can. Going to the live chat, uh, you can have a little. Uh, oh, it's already, it's already, uh, it's already a flame. We've got Borida Abbey, which is good morning, good day in uh, in Welsh. Borida, we've got good morning, GM Abbey, uh, genetically modified Abbey. I always think that sounds like. We've got another good morning Abbey. We fat Shug drumstick says good morning. Peter Folder. Thank you, Abby. <laughs> Haven't even done nothing yet. Maybe that was for the, the nipples reference. Lisa uh, has put flooding over here. Oh, dear. Lisa's brought it down. <laughs> brought the mood down. So um, you can also uh, email me, and I've got some emails uh, to read out in a little bit, which is abbyroberts at tntradio.live. You can go on your phone. Have you got the TNT Radio Live app? If not, why the... Frig not going. Oh, I nearly said the, the proper F word then, but I've been told to mm, just keep it a little bit cleaner from eight to nine. Very difficult. I should have a swear jar, shouldn't I? It'll literally be like I could probably buy this entire building uh, after a week with my swearing. Uh, you can also guess what, guys, go old school. Have a chin wag. Tell me what you think about the world events, the tractors, the uh, the globalist takeover, the bombing, the so-called uh, bombing uh, uh, of an American um, whatever it was. So that an excuse to go to war with Iran, any excuse to go to war. Just ring me and here are the numbers to call. Thanks for listening to us. Now we want to listen to you. Our lines are open from the U.S. and Canada. Call one 888 201-6425. From the UK, call 033-0024-1026. And from Australia and New Zealand, call 1-800-670-310. Free speech is alive and well on today's News Talk TNT Radio. Let's have a look at some of your emails that I have uh, neglected to read out uh, for the last three days. So let's go to um, Kate brown who says you're great abby very short very succinct i don't disagree kate uh good morning to you if you're watching and thank you very much for that lovely uh we have another email from yassi uh yassi in bournemouth you say it's bournemouth and italian riviera are your locations well uh, buongiorno yassi come stai come come va la vita si okay a, a, a bor <laughs> a bit bournemouth doesn't sound quite right does it and your email to me is hi abby fantastic you were on tnt many congratulations most surely you will keep us out of the dark and belly achingly laughing all the way through it what greater way to help 
health and well-being than this. So thank you. I've heard, first heard you last year on James Dellingpole's pod and was struck by your discernment, intelligence, passion, wit, of course, and courage. Oh, my head. Will I be able to get out of the studio door? And for the love of truth and the truth, I live between Bournemouth and the Italian Riviera and would love for you to come and speak an event uh, sometime with James Dellingpole would be very cool. Is this something we might discuss? Meanwhile, please do encourage TNT to offer David Curtin a slot as he's spot on. And would you try to interview Dr. Jordan Peterson, John Lennox, James Tour? Question mark. God bless Abby, your very best wishes. Yassi. Well, my darling, grazie, grazie mille per, eh, per le parole molto gentile. That means for the very kind words. It's incredible, you know, I hardly spoke Italian before I read this email, but suddenly uh, I have become, uh, are you say, fluent in it. <laughs> it's, it's amazing. Right, grazie, Yassi. Yes, I'll, I'd love to come and speak, uh, well, preferably the Italian Riviera, Bournemouth. Not so sure, but uh, thank you. Beautiful email. Carol Road, no location, but that's all right. Comment, uh, you've messaged me and said, I'm pleased you are taking a new... <laughs> I'm regretting starting to read this. I'm pleased you're taking a new promo photo shot. Haven't seen Chris Smith lately, but apparently gone scruffy with everything else. You are perfect. Well, thank you very much. <laughs> Lovely. I will definitely get onto those uh, those photos. Uh, we've got Louise Warwell in London. Hi, Abby. Great show. Thanks. You mentioned your, you worked in the music business. A good guest would be Mark Devlin, a DJ who has done lots of research into the music business. Also written three books on it. All jam-packed with info. He's on YouTube. Best wishes. Yes, I am very aware of uh, the Mark uh, Devlin. Um, let's have a couple more emails and then uh, maybe there'll be time for a call, actually. Yes, I'm going to go to call in a minute. Elaine, uh, hi, Abby. Loving your show on TNT. Thank you. Would you consider getting John O'Looney, the undertaker, on your show? He's a very interesting chap and would be a great guest. I know he's a very famous uh, undertaker who said a lot about uh, the, the shit show. Carl Horsfield. Abby, you take me higher. Wonderful guests. No better way to start my day than with you. Keep on keeping on shooting from the hip and destroying woke bullshit and vivid tyranny. Uh, let's have a... Oh, blimey, crikey. Neil Murphy from England, from Wirral. Of, that's in Liverpool, right? Great show today. All good, save, etc. But you and Mark Atwood, interesting, because I felt it was like a three-way conversation. I completely got your views. Next show... Oh, my scouse has gone all over the fucking shop. Next show, great as well, with Rick and Natalie plus Gemma. Keep up the great work. You are all doing a great service of like-minded people. Thank you so much. Now, uh, Let's take a call from Gareth in Manchester. Hello, Gareth, my love. Oh, Gabby, hello. It's Gareth Hardcastle here. How are you doing? Gareth Hardcastle. Hello, hello, my darling. Uh, you sound very jolly and uh, and spiffing. How, how's, how's Manchester this time of year? Yeah, it's nice. Yeah. Um, you were asking yesterday about um, accents on robots, weren't you? Yeah, I was, yeah. Have you ever have you have robots you, in what, our what, house? What, yeah, what, 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 what accents? Well, well, the first one, um, I'd have a, if I had a robot, I'd have a, I'd have a, like it with two voices. The first one was in the bedroom. It'd be Mariella Frostrup, and then <laughs> if I was cleaning the kitchen, it would be. Um, do you know Sandy Toxic? She's got quite. An I know Sandy Toxic voice, very well. Yes, Sandy Toxic yeah. who talks a bit like this. Radio Four. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, if Sandy Toxic was a detergent, she'd definitely be Mr. Muscle Oven Cleaner, wouldn't she? <laughs> <laughs> 
She would indeed. She would indeed, Gareth. So you'd have Mary. So you said yeah. Then if it was going cottaging at uh, a local primary school, I'd have Philip Schofield's voice on the robot. And um, yeah, <laughs> well, yeah, anyway. Gareth, thank you, thank you for your views, Gareth, my darling. Lovely, lovely to talk to you, and uh, and and enjoy Manchester. Enjoy whatever you're doing in the forest of Manchester. Oh, really? Thanks yeah. for calling. <laughs> cheers, cheers, Gaz. I'm going to get back to emails, my darling. Call me tomorrow. Thank you. Right, we've got Leslie. <laughs> that was well. That was that was that was a great call, Leslie Chitoriski from Barnsley. Congratulations on your new show. It's wonderful to have you broadcasting far and wide. Be yourself and everyone will love you like we, your Abbey Daily family. Be fabulous, darling abs. Thank you, Leslie. We've got uh, um, Tony from Manchester. That was, that was another Manchester. Hi, Abby. Great show. Would love to see Christian Morris and Thomas Sheridan on the show, if possible. Very knowledgeable about the situation in Ireland. Stay happy and avoid the Jeremy's. That's the Jeremy Hunt, obviously rhyming slang. And uh, we've got time for one more before I have just a quick dip into uh, the papers. Is Ellie Horan from Carlisle, Cumbria. Love you, Abby. Follow everything you do and say. You're such a talent and much needed voice in all of the madness we currently live through in these crazy and dangerous times. So thrilled and happy that you are now going to be broadcasting on TNT. Can't wait. We'll be tuning in every morning on the school run at 8 a.m. British time. Thank you so much, Ellie. Love you. Right. Let us. Blimey, you see how they love me out there. Uh, the Guardian. <laughs> What have we got on the Groniad? Oh, let's have a little look. Are you, are you seeing the Groniad we've got here? We've got uh, Prince Charles, Prince the King, is leaving hospital. The WEF, sausage-fingered king, is leaving hospital with ears like the World Cup next to next to the moose. Um, well, we've got, yeah, tensions, tensions in the Middle East. Oh, blimey. Anyone would think they were angling for a war. Incredible, isn't it? Now, uh, let's have a little look. So the first story I've got here in the Grawniad, maybe the only story because we're running out of time, is you're in trouble. Council defends finding men for weeing in woods. That would be quite suitable for Gareth up in Manchester uh, for his cottaging. Uh, lovely. <laughs> Good luck with that, Gareth. A council in England is standing firm on punishing people caught peeing in the countryside for littering, even after it emerged its own legal advice did not appear to fully support its stance. There have been at least two cases of men handed £88 fixed penalty notices by <coughs> Decorum Borough Council in Hertfordshire after being caught in the act by council... <laughs> Enforcers, lying weighted laybys. Oh, I see what they did there with the Guardian. They got no sense of humour. They even they've cracked a joke. You're in trouble. <laughs> right. Is there any more in the Guardian? No, I can't be asked. Right. I. Aye, aye. Look at the look at the front of this paper. See the puppy at the top. Pandemic puppy regrets. Is it because people um, bought puppies and went and uh, were boot and went went along with all the uh, what you call the pandemic nonsense, pandemic nonsense, and now regret having a puppy? Oh, look at that little tiny chap, Cameron. So on the front page, Cameron to warn that UK facing biggest threat since the Cold War. Let me tell you. Lies, lies and damned lies. Russia is no threat. The threat is our governments in the West. If you haven't got that by now, well, good grief. Um, and we will be going to our next guest in a second. Uh, but first, we're going to have a little tiny uh, break. And uh, my first guest is Charlie Sampson. 
I'm Abby Roberts. This is TNT. TNT's Mark Morano. This just in. We have a new way that's proven effective in dealing with climate protesters who deign to block highways, streets, and other public areas. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, this appears to be the most effective way. We have a uh, we have a field shot, a correspondent on the scene. Let's go to clip four and take a look at how to deal with climate protesters when they block your way on your morning commute. I don't want to see protests shut down, but obviously when you're blocking traffic and you're doing that, you need to be dealt with. I thought this was a great vigilante way of dealing with it. Mark Morano on today's News Talk TNT. A better business tip from TNT Radio. News Talk Radio listeners are some of the most active and involved listeners of any format. TNT Radio listeners rely on TNT Radio often as their primary source of information. They trust TNT Radio and are highly engaged with the content. If you'd like more information about advertising on TNT Radio, simply fill out your details on our contact page and we'll be in touch. To find out more, go to tntradio.live. Pour yourself a drink and grab some nibbles. Hey! Uh, Ow. I said nibbles, not nipples. What the heck's wrong with you? You're with Abby Roberts on today's News Talk TNT. Hello, welcome back. And we have got, look at this gorgeous man that is aside <laughs> me on the screen. It's Charlie Sansom. Hello, my darling Charlie. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Great start to <clears> yes. the morning. Very well, thank you very much. Before we crack on, I want to just play this clip and we'll have a little chat about it. Can we roll the first clip, please? Uh, religion you're allowed to do anywhere. No, miss, you're not allowed you are. to sing ch- you uh, are. church you are. songs outside of church grounds, by the way. You're not allowed to sing church songs outside, outside of church or church uh, songs or uh, church you're not allowed grounds. To, that's fine. That's you're not allowed. She just said you're not allowed to sing church songs outside of church. Our church of, outside of church grounds, unless you have a Unless That's you've been authorised no, no. by the church to do this, this kind of song. Yeah, Are you saying that you don't care about the Human Rights Act? You're lost? Hmm. Good grief. Ah! Good grief. Not allowed to. That's outrageous. And I was thinking to myself, you know, because as I was coming here, I was in the street on the way to the studio. I was like, oh, happy day. Oh, happy day. Well, Jesus, wash your sins away. Nobody can tell me where I sing gospel songs. What do you think, Charlie? About that. I think I want to sing a little bit more. That was pretty good. I think we need to you, we're going to have to put you at the front of the church choir and uh, have you lead the yes. way. Yes, you, you will brother. take us to redemption. I will take you all the way. That's not meant in. A, that's not meant too early for these kind of gags. Anyway, it's not, as you know, because you hear me <laughs> most mornings. Um, Charlie, let's. So that's that's a, a policewoman, a police. Uh, what do you call them? One of those kind of part-time policers that are on the street. Who, police uh, liaison officers, is that what they're called? That's it, police liaison officers, which basically means that anyone could roll out of bed and do it, can't they, and go, stop that, stop that, stop smoking, stop vaping, stop enjoying your life. Um, what do you, where, where are we with this mission creep to, is it, would she have targeted um, other faiths, do we think? No Christianity? way. Not at all. I mean, we've seen evidence of this already, haven't we, where, you know, certain faiths take over whole streets and start praying in the road and it's... Uh, you know, the police stand around making sure they're safe. So I think we know the answer to that one already. 
Yes, exactly, exactly. And uh, I just think she, I think it's just really eerie. It's sinister that uh, I know some people have maybe said, um, oh, you know, didn't the Metropolitan Police on Twitter say, oh, um, it's very hurtful because she she feels got at. And I'm like, well, if you're going to be a Stasi, if you're going to represent the Stasi, you've got to take the flag, haven't you? As a police, I mean, as a police liaison officer or whatever they're called. Yeah, I mean, what's hurtful is the fact you've got knife crime all every day and the police are worried about church songs. That's the most hurtful thing about the police force in London. They've got no uh, desire to deal with any real crime. Yeah, 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 absolutely, 100%. And uh, are you are you a Londoner yourself, Charlie? No, I'm not. I'm in Essex. I'm a little bit outside. I, I've, I've got the privilege of being able to come in and duck back out again. Nice. An, es like an Essex boy. That's it. Love it. I love it, my darling. So um, I'm looking at your the top of your Twitter because you had a Twitter um, space yesterday. Sorry, I couldn't make it. I did get your I did get your WhatsApp message. Um, but sorry yeah. about that. I didn't make it about uh, Lawrence Fox and the whole kind of uh, the whole libel thing, libel trial. We'll get into that in a second. Um, but I'm looking at your the top of your Twitter because this is really interests me. Uh, you've put your 10 key principles which guide your politics. Family first free speech, informed consent, two genders, low to zero tax, controlled immigration, patriotism, or patriotism as the Americans say, versus corporate compliance, no foreign conflicts, small state, strong military. Do you have political aspirations, Charlie? <laughs> I've always been political <laughs> since I was young, actually. I think um, a lot of people are quite surprised by that because I've spent the last 10, 15 years um, mainly focusing on being a musician. So when people find out that I've got all these political views, they're like, you can't have those. You're supposed to be left wing. So, you mm. know, it's kind of shocking for some people. But political ambition, no. Um, you know, if you put your hand in the viper's nest, you're going to get bitten, aren't you? Abs absolutely. And uh, and what party? I mean, because I heard you talk about UKIP. Uh, I've heard mm. it in the past a little bit. Um, I mean, my thought, uh, what, yeah, what are your thoughts on, on UKIP? Does it have a future? Is it gone? Has Nigel Farage basically pissed on his chips? Which I think he has. <laughs> Nigel Farage, uh, he, he left a massive chasm, I think, when he left and, and no one's been able to fill it because no one quite has that charisma or appeal that Nigel has and likely still does have, you know, mm. um, for reform. Uh, do I think UKIP has a future? It's unlikely. It's unlikely they mm. have a future. It's a shame because they're the only party that was set up and achieved its aim. They wanted to get Brexit. They did get a form of Brexit. I mean, they got the referendum over the line and it come back to leave. But um, yeah, <clears throat> I, don't, I don't think so, really. No. And do you think he was, I mean, because my view is um, actually that we didn't, that Brexit in a weird way is an illusion because we're sort of controlled by um, forces outside party politics. So that in, in a way, it's kind of, it's, it's bigger than that. They'll decide whether, well, how they carve up the world into basically areas. Um, if you're going down the kind of WEF route, uh, that actually uh, countries having borders is kind of going to be the least of our, least of our worries, our concerns. What you've said there plays into one of my key principles, you know, patriotism yeah. over corporate compliance, because really mm. most countries, especially in the West, are countries underneath corporates. That's really yes. how I look at things. Yes, indeed. Do you think it was one, I mean, Farage, 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 it's like garage and garage, isn't it? Um, yeah. <laughs> garage. Um, yeah, going into the, I see for me, a politician, when they go into the jungle 
uh, going to the TV, like Hancock did. Well, let's let's Hancock, for, for my money, should be in prison uh, for the things he's done over the last four years with his, you know, pushing the vaccines and lockdowns. But aside from him, I don't know why he's walking free. Um, why? Uh, yeah. Somebody going into the jungle. How, how would you be taken seriously as a politician after that? I mean, to me, where are the principles in that? The principles of going just to make money. I mean, are you talking about Matt Hancock or Nigel Farage? Or Farage, both? Farage. Well, I mean, Hancock. Well, they both. Uh, Farage did also quite approve of the vaccine and and loved the fact that Tony Blair was like, "Woo, you know, take the vaccine, everyone." So I don't think I don't think any. To be honest, with you, I don't trust any politicians. I think they're all shameless and uh, and should probably all be locked up. Am I a bit extreme think- in that view? Yeah, well, it is Tuesday, so we <laughs> yeah. could have, we could add them to the wall of Tuesdays. Um, <laughs> the Tuesday? <laughs> I, I, uh, the difference between Matt Hancock and Nigel Farage is that Hancock was a sitting MP, and Nigel mm. has, has manoeuvred himself into the media world, and he's he's very mm. successful at it now. So I suppose mm. that the illusion that Nigel Farage will come back to politics is something that we need to focus on. The illusion. This is a tease. The this illusion. is a dang he gets paid far too much money to want to go and become an MP. Which is yes. why I'm suspicious oh, I- because he's a billionaire and and he's doing a job for an un- under and 80 grand a year. Why? Yeah, yeah, totally, 100%. It's almost like, um, has he been employed Been employed by other people for a different purpose? And that's why oh, it's amazing. People, people go, that, yeah, the WEF, the, you know, the globalist agenda. It's so weird that people go, really? That's a conspiracy. It's like, no, it's clearly not, as you said. If you're earning, if you're as rich as him, um, why would you be? Yeah, why would you be dabbling around in, uh, you know, be, being prime minister when you could, mm. like you said, when you're being paid a, a paid a, a relative pittance? Yeah, I mean, if I was double recruited, I'd, I'd be on a yacht and I'd be anonymous. <laughs> yes, exactly, Charlie. No. I, I do appreciate. I do appreciate uh, your honesty. Um, so let's get to let's uh, let's have a little touch on uh, the Fox stuff. Now, I, um, me and Lawrence, we've had our differences, uh, to put it mildly, because um, I was involved with Reclaim. I thought he was great at the beginning, and I went on loads of marches with him, and um, and sort of was you know did some media stuff with him, and then I, th- I, I was a little bit sort of concerned with the whole well. He sort of seemed to the, uh, uh, quite like the the new king, you know, the uh, King Charles, the the WEF king, and also some of the stuff. I was a bit like, you're not really going far enough with your criticism of the the COVID stuff, the vaccines, whatever. Um, so that's when we sort of parted company. However, I did tweet something yesterday defending the fact, uh, Lawrence, um, which I think uh, shows that I can. Uh, have differences and not not particularly agree with someone or even respect them and still mm. uh, defend their right to have a fair trial without being prejudiced. So what are your what are your thoughts on what happened yesterday? I think what happened yesterday was um Lawrence's position being a famous individual being exploited by people that are less famous than him and using mm. left-wing biases that are existent existing in the country now um to prosecute somebody for doing what they did to him you know looking at the case in a bit more detail without being so facetious about it Mm. he called people a paedophile after they called him racist now Mm. a lot of people have this view of him that he is racist because he does some uh online stunts to make a, a broader point i do understand why people might say that about him but people don't want to hear the reasons as to why he's not because he isn't. Um, yeah. But I think if he'd have worded things better, 
he would have got away with this, actually. Yes. I think That's a, if he'd yeah. have focused on Nicola Thorpe only and kept that tweet towards her, which was a complete copycat mm. of what she said to him, just changing the word rapist to paedophile, this wouldn't have been a trial. And in, in my mind, I think this is a bit of a, of a pathetic trial anyway. It's just he said, she said, I'm offended, you're offended, let's spend £2 million on nothing. Yeah, let's let's call the whole whole thing off. I mean, you're right. It's a sh it's a show trial uh, essentially, and uh, and I was looking at it and and sort of thinking to myself, well, you know, when things are very heated at the moment, they were heated when Lawrence had his exchange and uh, with the trans activist flag, you know, with the and it is. I mean, let's be honest. Tra the trans activism is a form of fascism. They they are trying to they are trying to make people think a certain way. That is a fact. That is not sort of somebody. I'm not making that up. So I know there was lots of heated stuff going you know going on at the time. I mean, I put part of me thinks why not just shrug it off? If someone calls you something, you go, you think what you want. I know yeah. I'm not. Goodbye. See you later. Yeah. <laughs> and then just go down the pub and have some crisps. <laughs> we'll go together. I think anyone yeah. with. Uh any form of intelligence can see in between the lines of what someone's saying being real and what they're saying as being false. No one in their right mind would have taken Lawrence Fox's tweets seriously in thinking that these three individuals were actually paedophiles. And if you did, yes. you've got the problem, not Lawrence and these three. Mm -mm. Yes. And also, what are the, what's the, if you can't, as the judge said, couldn't describe what racism actually means, even though it's being used as a battering ram, as you said, by by the left, uh, uh, leftist uh, people, then then what, what was it all about? The whole yeah, thing? I mean, it's, it's just it's just I word, mean, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, I mentioned them being lefties because not the system itself, but also the people who were suing Lawrence, were all, were, all three of them were lefties. And I think that's yeah. indicative of, of where the country's going. Um, you know, where, where this will go, I've got no idea. Hopefully they won't go back to court. And if they do, I hope Lawrence gets a different outcome, mainly because mm -hmm. I'm a free speech absolutist. I think if someone's going to call you out of your name, you should be able to call them back. And um, I also don't think words are, are really that important in the grand scheme of things, unless, of course, you're advocating for COVID mandates. Yeah. And on that note, Mr. Sansom, uh, I'll join you down the pub one day, certainly for some for some crisps and some absolute free speech. Thank you very much for being my guest. Do come back, won't you? Thank you. Thank you very much. I will. Thank you. Cheers, mate. Thanks a lot. OK, coming up after the news headlines, my next guest, Jeff Peel. I'm Abby Roberts. This is TNT. TNT. Here's what's making news. TNT Radio News. Matt Boyland with a look at your TNT headlines. The US Secretary of State has warned tensions in the Middle East are at their highest in more than half a century. Since at least 1973, and arguably uh, even, uh, even before that. France is witnessing a revolution as farmers revolt against ludicrous climate policies, and tech billionaire Elon Musk has announced his Neuralink company has successfully implanted one of its brain chips into a human for the first time. Why not give TNT Radio a follow? We're on all major social platforms, including Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Gab, and Getter. Help us get the word out as we cover the biggest topics of our time right here on today's News Talk. TNT Radio. TNT Radio. Hello, welcome back. And with me, I have the wonderful Jeff Peel. Hello, Jeff. How are you? Hello, Abby. Great to see you. And I see you have a map uh, in the background uh, of, yeah, the, of the world. Yeah, I'm actually getting this changed. 
I'm getting a proper backdrop put in because I seem to be doing more of these types of things these days. So I, my Matisse is going to be discarded and the map is going <laughs> and I'm going to have a sort of funky bookshelves. Yeah, I think you should have the bookshelves. Oh, aren't they just? And then I kept thinking, and I, I never had them because I was a bit like, well, they'll just be all sorts on there. You have to do, you have to yeah, do the exactly. bookshelves backdrop. Yeah, the bookshelves backdrop to make everyone think, oh, yes, I read these things. And if you've got a book to yes, plug, I'm obviously. Studious. I'm studious yeah. and, I, and I'm plugging my book, which is very, very strategically <laughs> placed for everyone's eyeline. Um, so the map of the world and the world at the moment, what a, well, shit show is the only really uh, way to describe it. Um, what are things, uh, Jeff, well, first of all, introduce uh, yourself to people who may not know um, uh, a bit about what you do and, uh, and your background. Yeah, well, I, I've, uh, I was pretty much just a boring businessman doing boring business stuff up until uh, March 2020. Uh, and, um, and then, like you and many others, you know, just thought that the world had gone It was probably crazy before, but we didn't really get to know much about it, you know. But uh, obviously, when it went totally nuts, um, uh, at the time, I was, I was working for the government as a, as a sort of advisor and uh, for the Department for Trade. And uh, I I wasn't able to say anything, you know, because obviously I was I was consulting for government, and then lockdown happened, and I wasn't really able to do anything or say anything, and it got so frustrating that I just sort of threw all my toys out of the pram, resigned from my position and all of my income, and decided mm -hmm. to um, join you and others, uh, really. Uh, stating it as it was, that this was absolute dystopian mayhem and that we needed to do something about it. And um, so the, over the last uh, few years, I, I, I started a blog. I, I was, uh, you know, helped some of the campaign groups, the freedom campaign groups, get off mm -hmm. the ground um, and then watch them peter out as well. Uh, but, um, you know, I've tried to be a sort of independent voice, but... Um, trying to 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 see through the bullshit um and um and 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 obviously the suppression of freedom of speech has been an issue as well so i've focused on that uh, so i i run a, a substack called uh, the new era.uk www.thenewera.uk and i've interviewed the great and the good and and um and and propounded my own theories on why the world is going uh, down the tubes rapidly because of the interference of crazy governments. Yes, and it's excellent, and I, I thoroughly recommend uh, your Substack and the articles you write. Now, you, I mean, you, you've been a great voice, Jeff, because I watch you um, sort of you, 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 you go into things, uh, and then if you sense that there's something not quite right about uh and we'll get to it. I'm talking about the free speech union, and we'll we'll come to that in much more detail. Um, you then. You, you then have the balls, frankly, the cojones to write about it and say, this is not this is not what we should expect from this particular organization. So tell me about what happened uh, with the Free Speech Union event recently. Yeah, the Free, the, the free Speech Union event. Well, actually, it was the Free Speech Union and also Battle of Ideas Festival. Um, but they're kind of conjoined as well. There's a there's a bunch of organisations that that sort of draw upon similar uh, you know people and and thought bases, if, if I could call it that. Mm -hmm. So the Battle of Ideas Festival um, was founded by Fiona Fox, Claire Fox's sister, um, and there's a kind of strand running back to the sort of Revolutionary Socialist Party or whatever it was called uh, several years ago. 
and and some of the people involved in the battle for ideas festival are also involved in the free speech union and uh and spiked uh as well uh and but there does seem to be this sort of strand of sort of radical socialism bizarrely but yet in terms of the free speech union obviously it presents itself as a kind of almost like an alt-right um uh think tank or whatever we want to call it um and uh, so anyway they organized and this was trailed heavily on gb news uh andrew doyle who's also involved in the battle of ideas trailed this on gb news that there was going to be this big big event that just happened to be in belfast but it was big because it was trailed i think and a lot of people came along and i think there was a there was a huge feeling of expectation in the room because a lot of people in the room uh hadn't heard of the free speech union before and um and and i think coming three and a half years after the you know the craziness of lockdown i think there was an expectation that we were going to be discussing the suppression of free speech by the government but it ended up being a panel discussion really uh about anti-trans activism you know I, I heard what you were saying earlier about to charlie about you know you know trans activism is obviously abhorrent but then there's become a kind of counter show if you like of anti-trans activism in other words it's focusing all the atten attention on woke and ignoring the incredibly large elephant in the room namely the suppression of free speech by the government and it seems to me and i i sense that the free speech union is kind of in that domain of of creating this sort of straw man that you know that we're all concerned about woke and it's woke this woke that and trans this and trans that and turf this and turf that <laughs> and yet it, it it seems to draw from the same group of people sort of lefty activists who are now mm. anti-trans activists and then there was a bunch of trans activists in the room as well it was, it was a totally bizarre event and uh, it was such a wasted opportunity and I had a chance to have a chat with with Toby Young afterwards, and I introduced him to a guy called Hugh McCarthy, who's a former uh, head teacher and had been um, uh, a couple of years ago. I was listening to a radio program and, and Hugh was on saying, you know, what we are doing to school children, masking them, denying them access to education and so on is absolutely abhorrent. And he, he was literally taken off air by the BBC mid-sentence. And, and and I said, you know, surely, Toby, this is the type of free speech suppression that we should be focusing on. And incidentally, just to complete that anecdote in relation to Hugh, I interviewed, I heard this program, contacted him, interviewed him in my house uh, and, and gave him the opportunity to say what he wanted to say and put it out on YouTube. It lasted, I think, two hours or something before it was pulled by YouTube because the BBC had obviously used uh, the um, the trusted so-called trusted news initiative network to have YouTube pull that video produced by little me in my front room uh, because Hugh was saying things that the BBC didn't like about the um, the fact that children were being denied rights to education and Hugh, as a former head teacher, had every right to be able to say that yet, yeah, but and as far as the BBC and YouTube are concerned, he didn't. And none of that was discussed. None of these issues, none of the, the suppression of free speech by government was touched upon at all. 
Yeah. And on, um, we're going to come back to that, Jeff. We're going to get much more into it in detail. So I'll just have a little short break and don't go anywhere or I'll tell Ursula von der Leyen where you live. I'm Abby Roberts. This is TNT. With his expert analysis and opinion, this is TNT Radio's Timothy Shea. There are, without question, two Americas, and we are most assuredly living in a divided nation. But the primary line of division isn't what most people would think that it is. It's not political, it's not Democrat versus Republican, red versus blue, left versus right. Neither is it economic, racial, or religious. No, the primary line of division in the nation today is between citizens and non-citizens. And whereas you'd think that it would be citizens that would receive the bulk of the rights and privileges of citizenship, the exact opposite is true. It's the people here illegally that have the most freedom. Case in point, going to get on an airplane. If you're a citizen, you have to show photo ID and be subjected to either an x-ray machine or a pat down or both. Your bags are x-rayed and potentially given enhanced screening, which can delay your flight. But if you're an illegal, all you have to do is show the paper that says you're here illegally. Doesn't have to be a photo ID. In fact, you can request the TSA not take your photo and they will comply. What's wrong with this picture? Well, what's wrong with this picture is everything that's wrong with Biden's America. And we can't get President Trump back behind the desk at 1600 fast enough. From MAGAinstitute.com, this is Timothy Shea for TNT. Internet crimes against children in New Mexico are real. And when it comes to protecting your children, the New Mexico AG's office and the ICAC unit are on the front lines. I'm New Mexico Attorney General Hector Balderas. There's nowhere to hide for online predators in New Mexico. We are working tirelessly using state-of-the-art technology and resources to seek out and find them wherever they are. Please talk to your children about the dangers that exist online social media, games, and messenger apps. It's always important to know who you're talking to. Help fight online predators in New Mexico by submitting a tip today. Thanks for listening and for being a part of the Abby Roberts Show on today's News Talk TNT. Welcome back, everybody. And I'm here with the wonderful Jeffrey Peel. I know as Jeff, Jeff Peel. Um, and we're talking about the free speech union that is not a free speech union at all. It's basically, I think, just a just a cover for, uh, I don't know, people that want to <laughs> want to get on in, in various ways. Um, so let's yeah, let's get back to talking about the free speech unit and the battle of ideas, Jeff, which I, by the way, have never I've never been to a battle of ideas event, but I I have uh, at every video I've watched of them, they have always shot down the idea that there was a that the WEF is a threat, that the COVID thing was just a, a uh, were worse than a debacle, a crime committed. You know the vac uh, including the masks, lockdowns, and the, of course the vaccines, which are harming people. Claire Fox does not want to know, nor does Andrew Doyle. Andrew Doyle basically. Um, when I was on GB News, Jeff, would never give me the time of day about talking about vaccines or anything. Yeah. And I was thinking, hang on a minute, but you're meant to be, you're, you're, I thought you were meant to be a kind of free speech advocate. Uh, I mean, even though he's from the left and I'm, I'm probably broadly from, I'd say, the small C conservative libertarian side, um, they didn't want to know, Jeff. So tell me, what's that about? It's very, very strange. And uh, uh, Jim's Dellingpole did a, a really good um, 
podcast, um, I think back in earlier in, in the month where, uh, and by, by the way, I, I, on my blog, I published a, an article about the, the event last Friday night, a sort of um, a review of it. But I've embedded that particular podcast into the, the the post. And the discussion in that particular podcast that's featured in that post is around how the, the so-called conservative think tanks, um, you know, for example, the Adam Smith Institute, the Tufton Street think, think mm. tanks, um, all appeared to be sort of uh, about free market economics and conservatism and so on. But when lockdown happened, um, they, they, they said nothing about, about uh, lockdown or, or, or the loss of liberty or the loss of freedom. Uh, instead, we had Christopher Snowden actually um, slagging off um, people who were saying that, you know, they, they demanded the right not to have to wear a mask or to be able to go to their local, local hardware store rather than Sainsbury's or whatever. You know, so these people were slagged off by organizations that were set up to defend freedom and liberty. And in fact, the same thing happened in America, the Cato Institute and so on. They're all funded from similar sources. And in fact, if you if you look, if you you know, go down the rabbit hole and look at where they're funded, they they tend to be funded by World Economic Forum member companies. So it's kind of corporatism on speed. These these organizations are are funded by huge corporates that have vested interests. Now, in the case, I, I did a an interview some time ago um, with with Doc Malik about 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 Spiked, um, and obviously Andrew Doyle, for example, writes for, for Spiked. And again, it's it's kind of from this ultra left, um, uh, you, you know, caucus, if you like. But mm. but ironically, is funded by so called ultra right organizations. Um, so, and this is in the public domain, you know, the early funding of Spiked came from Coke Foundation, founded by Charles Coke of Coke Industries in America. And, uh, you know, so why is a corporatist um, organization funding an organization like Spiked? Uh, and why Good is it question. that Spiked never said anything and Andrew Doyle has never said anything about, about vaccines and vaccine harms and lockdown and so on? Mm -hmm. Well, could mm -hmm. it be that Coke is 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 a, a big manufacturer of uh, PCR testing reagents, um, mm. and in fact, one of its subsidiary and investee companies is is uh, in, uh, very very focused on the packaging of vaccine vials. So, it, it, for those reasons, and then of course, uh, GB News, the biggest one of the biggest investors. Uh, Tim Marshall uh, runs a hedge fund uh, with hundreds of, uh, you know, companies invested in, you know, that are that are essentially WEF uh, mouthpieces. So yes, corporatism is seems to be the name of the game at the minute. And the left has kind of been hijacked and has become a mouthpiece for corporate interests, bizarrely. Mm -hmm. And in my view, corporatism is as bad as socialism you know and I, yeah. I think a lot of people just don't realize that they're being played the the narrative is being defined by corporate interests hedge funds and their mouthpieces you know douglas murray is a case in point as well because he's oh. he's involved in a number of these organizations too and when he did the joe rogan interview a lot of people were thinking oh here's a great opportunity 
for uh, you know for for Murray to expose the loss of freedom and the the, the fact that the BBC has become a propaganda organization and a mouthpiece for government. Instead, he just wittered on about woke. And and woke is the ultimate straw man. It's a diversion. I think they're yes. they're setting us up. They're saying we need to talk about this nonsense at the exclusion of of the almighty mess: closed schools, masked kids, coerce, coercion, and jabs. The mm -hmm. the fact that we weren't able to travel, uh, that they closed small businesses, that they spent half a trillion pounds on this absolute dystopian nonsense. No, no, no. Mm. We need to talk about trans and countering yes. the trans agenda. It's all yeah. a straw man. I, I agree, Jeff. I mean, I couldn't agree more um, that the, 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 the principles involved in uh, what you're talking about. And, and well, I mean, I was arrested for, for my views, as you know, outside the COVID inquiry last year um, for when Matt Hancock was inside lying about his, uh, you know, about the uh, what had happened during the 2020-21-22 uh, and et cetera, et cetera, and rolling on. You're right. We're, and I've said this many times, as you know, we're looking in the wrong place. And the people that should be principled, I'm talking about stuff, the free speech advocates should be addressing that as well and what's interesting is i'm not even sure i mean is it just to do with money though or is it to do with the fact that they actually believed it all they actually went along with it because they thought there was this terrible you know catastrophe happening i, I don't know and, and honestly uh you know i go out for walks with my wife to to kind of try to get my head around this i think I think ultimately it's about, I think the agenda has always been about sectarianism, frankly. It's always been about mm. dividing us. And it's also always been about putting the blame on us rather than putting the blame on the elite. And if you, if you mm. think about what they're trying to do, and, and Murray is right at the center of this because Murray is essentially a Zionist. So he kind of yeah. um, puts out a, a kind of Christian Zionist uh, argument. Um, you know, he 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 wants to stoke division. He wants to uh, vilify Islam. He wants to say that everything emanates from the evil of Islam, and therefore we need to counter this. And and I was guilty of this in the past as well. You know, and mm -hmm. and we have to question to what extent that the things that happen, news events that happen where one group of society is vilified as being the wrongdoers, we really need to question, are we being set up? Uh, are these false flag events? And, you know, um, when I asked Toby Young on, on Friday evening um, what it was that caused him, what the ultimate thing was that caused him to fall out with James Dellingpole, it was Israel. It was the fact that hmm. uh, Dellingpole was questioning whether the October, whether the uh, Israeli defense forces uh, were in some way uh, guilty of abrogating their responsibilities, leaving that the, one of the most protected borders on earth unprotected. And, uh, and, and, and that question, him posing that question was enough for their friendship and their podcast series to end. Mm, and yeah. I, I, I thought that was extraordinarily telling. This ultimately is about them dividing us and yeah. and 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 people coming together and speaking with a voice, a joint voice, and saying that what the government did during COVID was fundamentally wrong. In fact, it was worse than that. It was evil. That can't happen. So they divide us. They 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 cause division. And yes, ultimately they um, 
they work for their paymasters. So I think Jeff, and I think they're you. without any passion. They don't have any ideological principles whatsoever. They are Agreed. literally paid actors. Jeff, thank you so much. I could talk about this. Please come back on and we'll do a whole, we'll do another uh, another 20 minutes. Um, I, thank you very much for your views. Couldn't agree You're more. Thank you, Jeffrey Peel. Please come back very, very soon. Right now, I want you to get on the blower and call me with uh, your thoughts on what we've been talking about, free speech and uh, people basically and division, etc. Here are the numbers to call. Thanks for listening to us. Now we want to listen to you. Our lines are open from the U.S. and Canada. Call 1-888-201-6425. From the U.K., call 033-0024-1026. And from Australia and New Zealand, call 1-800-670-310. Free speech is alive and well on today's News Talk TNT Radio. Hello, welcome back. And uh, we're going to have a look at a little clip uh, of my next caller. Are you there, Milk Tray Man? <laughs> <laughs> what an introduction. By the way, I, I should say, I should say you did talk about getting on the blower. Isn't it a bit early for that uh, at this time of the morning in the UK? I mean, it's almost five tonight over there, isn't it? You know, I mean, you need to wait. Steve, you've just, you've just gone down in my estimations. <laughs> oh, that's enough about it's going down. Oh, you've started me off terrible look i just want to i just want to have a talk about um, a quick word on that whole freedom of speech thing look my particular mm-hmm. view on it is this i think that the idea of freedom of speech to me is that all most of all ideas should be out there for discussion the only time there should be limits on any kind of free speech is if you're calling for somebody's life so if you're saying look we i I'd like to see this person killed, or I'd like to see this race exterminated, or I'd like to see mm. so and so and such and such. If you're calling for that, or or some sort of some sort of armed insurrection, that's when I part company with you. But if you're just saying I disagree with the position of the government of the day, I disagree with the fact that I'm being made to take medicines that I haven't even spoken to my doctor about and actually worked out whether it's going to be good for me or not. I disagree with the fact that you know you, you you're taking my jobs because my job because of all of that. And, you know, I, I think those things I, I'm absolutely on board with. I think those things should be called out for. But if you, like I say, if you're calling for some army, armed insurrection, that's where I part company with you, I think. What, what yes, and that's, that? uh, that's, that's, that's been my position on free speech, and I think most people's sensible position on free speech uh, for, for as long as I can remember. It's not, it's right. not a, it's so, not a, it's, it's not a crazy right. idea not a at all. View at all. No, no, no. And that's that's my thing. Now, um, before I, I just want to say a few. There's a. I've heard this story on the weekend about some of these environmental protesters. These are the same mm-hmm. hypocrites that go on about waste and all the rest of it. These guys are apparently throwing soup and milk and artwork 
Gee, that's a, that's a bit of a waste of good quality soup and good quality milk, isn't it, you people? I thought you were against waste, but you're a bunch of damn hypocrites. And the next time you start speaking, I'll just turn the other way and stick my fingers in my ear. Good to talk to you, Abby. Thanks, Milk Train Man. See you tomorrow. <laughs> Well, that was Siv. Who doesn't like an advert from the 70s? I love that, didn't you? Like, and all because the lady loves milk tray. They wouldn't make that anymore because they'd go, A, chocolate's bad for you, and B, you don't want a strange man who can fight off sharks delivering you chocolates into your bedroom. Well, I say we need more of that. Uh, So if anyone wants to swim up the Thames... (laughs) And deliver me maybe something like, I don't know, a box of roses or whatever other chocolates are are available. Let's have a little look at the live chat, shall we? Oh, I'm talking of accents. Oh, Gareth uh, Gareth from Manchester's got me. Yes, accents. I, I do think that uh, when you're talking about COVID, to COVID, it does suit an Irish accent. Um, so have a little, uh, so let's have a little look at this. Oh, if she doesn't get a chart, oh. Uh, someone was asking about when I decided to make comedy uh, a living. When you first set out in comedy, when did you realise you could make a career out of it and what was the first thing that made you realise that? Well, making people laugh. <laughs> that, was, that, that, was a good, that was a good clue. Um, and, uh, and Charlotte's just put, well, actually, I was managed by my husband, Terry, for 10 years. My late husband, Terry, who very sadly left this mortal coil at the end of 2018 um and he was my manager and so charlotte is explaining he encouraged me to go on stage a few years before he died and he was her manager agent etc well in fact i mean i was on stage a long time before i met terry doing various other things <laughs> nothing risque um in uh, majum jo- majum jo- do- jojo's in soho with me little but um yeah, and then comedy, I took it, started to take it seriously um, around about 2011, 2012. Uh, so just after I met Terry, and then he was my manager. We drove around uh, the UK, uh, played all the clubs. So Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and then during the week as well, it was like, oh, it was basically on the road, man. It's a lot of burning rubber and not in a good way comedy it really is it's like hello oh this this green room looks familiar doing the clubs whatever but i'd like to speak to people if um, you know maybe tomorrow if anyone wants to ring in and uh, ask me about more more comedy questions um oh someone says oh dodd says abby's got a murky laugh lol and then he's put i mean motley <laughs> murky oh i've got a murky laugh i do actually i've got a, that's because i'm an ex-smoker everyone i used to be i might take it up again though you know because rishi sunak our prime minister is trying to ban it He's trying to ban smoking. What is this for heaven's sake? Even the so- even Stalin didn't ban smoking. Can you imagine all the Russians going, but what are we going to do with our hands? Oh, um, right. Uh, let's have a little, uh, some more look at the, um, more look at the great discussions. Barbara Butler says, learning so much and so much confirms my gut suspicions. Wasn't uh, Jeff, well, both my guests, Charlie Sansom, very good. Um, and Jeff Peel, I could talk to him all day. Well, the Northern Irish accent does help. Because, you know, when somebody says the WAF and globalist, and a Nor- you just go, mm, talk to me. He's very wise, though. The Free Speech Union, Toby Young, Battle of Ideas, they're all cocks. They're all basically traitors to the cause. How can you not be interested in coerced injections that should have that should be leading to the Nuremberg trial? How can you not be 
at all bothered by that. I don't know. I've never understood it. Maybe we can talk about it tomorrow. Uh, got some great guests tomorrow. Uh, Carl Vernon is coming on, and Sue and Steve the, from the Roundabout talking about vaccines. All right. So thanks for joining me today on TNT. Next up, it's Open Line with Rick Mon and Natalie Cheel. I'll be back tomorrow, of course. Have a great day. Be seeing you.